0: He, <laughs> old radio listening society a podcast dedicated to suspense crime and horror stories from the golden age of radio i'm eric i'm tim and i'm joshua we love mysterious old time radio stories but do they stand the test of time that's what we're here to find out. This week, I have chosen the cup of gold from the series
1: Dark Fantasy. In December of 1941, an issue of Movie Radio Guy published a letter from George M. Hammacher. It was in response to a Lights Out fan club asking about other shows similar to Lights Out. Hammacher's letter mentioned Dark Fantasy, a new series written by Scott Bishop. The letter is worth mentioning because Scott Bishop was
2: actually a pseudonym used by George Hamaker, a native of Kansas. Hamaker wrote pulp stories and performed on stage before joining Topeka Station WIBW in the early 1930s. There he wrote for the local WIBW players and the Crime Patrol. His work was featured in other shows including Grand Hotel, First Nighter, Grand Central Station, Silver Theater and Lights Out. In 1936, Homaker moved to Oklahoma City and continued to write for series such as Tales of the Witch Queen, The Heart of Martha Blair, and Calling Detective O'Leary.
0: Dark Fantasy ran from November 14, 1941 through June 19, 1942. Most of the actors heard on the show were also from the Oklahoma City area, including veteran radio actor Ben Morris and local stage actor Eleanor Naylor Coffran. WKY's traffic manager, Daryl McAllister, was brought in to handle sound effects. WKY produced a second dark fantasy series that never made it to national syndication. This second run featured both Bishop and the show's original producer, John I. Prosser, and it ran from February 17, 1944 to April 12, 1944. All that is known about these later shows is two of the titles, Death Conducts an Experiment and Dig Another Grave. Scott Bishop would go on to create and write another radio
1: series, The Strange Dr. Karnak, which followed the exploits of the titular doctor as he investigated supernatural mysteries. Sadly, no episodes of this series are known to exist. Fortunately for horror fans, 27 of Bishop's original 31 dark fantasy episodes survive today. And now, let's listen to The Cup of Gold from Dark Fantasy, originally broadcast May 8, 1942. It's late at night, and a
2: chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices.
3: Exciting shot of the tournament, ladies and gentlemen. Truman Davis, now champion, has just sunk his last putt on the last green to turn in the amazing score of 68. Jan Mason, the contender, is on the green with a 66, which in itself is even more amazing. Mason's ball lies at the very edge of the green. Looks like tough going. Should he sink the ball in one more stroke, turning a 67 as compared with a 68 by Davis, we will have a brand new champion. Should Jan Mason require two strokes, he would tie up the match and three strokes would defeat him. And now Mason has just stepped into position. He's bending over the ball. He eyes the center of the green with that masterly, dead-eye precision of his. Changes his footing slightly. There's not a sound from the spectator's every breath is held in excitement. This great contender prepares for a victory or defeat. He pulls back the putter slightly. Eyes the distance of the hole once more. Takes deadly aim. Hits the ball and...
4: It's in! He made it! in for the win for Jan Mason and the crowd goes wild. It's a new champion, ladies and gentlemen, Jan Mason, the boy who came up the hard way to defeat the one and only Truman Davis for five consecutive years, the master of it all. And here's the irony... Almost 11 years ago, when Jan Mason first thought of golf, he acted as caddy for Truman Davis, the man he defeated for the championship here today. Oh, the crowd has completely engulfed the two participants, and it's a little difficult for us to see them now. Oh, there they are, shaking hands and smiling. We're trying to make our way over to them for a few words from both Mason and Davis. Oh, will you pardon me, please? Uh, Pardon me, lady. We're trying to get through. I beg your pardon, please. We'd like to get a few words from the two gentlemen. We're trying our best, ladies and gentlemen, to make our way through this excited throng, but... Ah, there's the gold cup. The gold cup for the tournament winner. It's just been handed to one of the official referees by a beautiful platinum-haired girl. The referee is about to make the presentation. No, no, something's wrong. The referee turns to his fellow judges. They're talking excitedly. We can't make out yet what's happening. The men are examining the gold cup. Oh, it's flashing in the sunlight. Really a beautiful thing. wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's that? Something's happened. It's John Mason. He's been shot. Someone shot a new champion. He's holding his left side. He's strangling. He's grabbed the gold cup. He's fallen out. John Mason is lying.
5: Ask you not to disturb me, clerk. I don't care if there is someone to see me. What? Who? Lee Sanders, the radio announcer? Well, tell him I'm not in. I don't care if he is standing there watching to talk to him. Tell him you are talking to the maid. What? Hello. Who's speaking? But I was talking to the room clerk. Now, look here, Mr. Saunders. What do you want with me? No, I'm sorry. I don't have time to see you. No, I have nothing to discuss with you. Goodbye. Oh. he said he wanted to talk to me about the murder. He saw me. He, he, he's suspicious. He, he knows something. I, I must get out of here. I'll, I'll hurry and pack my things. i Oh, no. No time to pack. I just put on my coat, purse purse. A hat. I'll, I'll carry the hat. All right. Oh, no. Not the front way. The back
3: Go Going somewhere, miss? Oh. Who are you? I'm the fellow you hung up on. What do you want? I figured you'd try to run out the back way.
5: I don't know you. Let me by. Oh, no.
3: Back inside. We're going to talk.
5: There's nothing I have to discuss with you.
3: Afraid there is. A little matter of murder.
5: How much do you know?
3: Plenty. Come on, inside. But I... Inside. Now.
5: I have nothing to say to you. You think not? Not a thing in the world. I demand that you leave here at once before I call the police. Oh,
3: that way, is it? Very well. Here you are. What do you mean? Take the receiver. Shall I dial the number? What number? Police, of course.
5: Hang up that phone.
3: (laughs) So, you're not as willing to call the police here as you pretend.
5: How did you find me? Well, I was lucky. What do you mean?
3: You ran a stop sign downtown just after you'd come from the golf links. It was my car you almost hit. Oh. No one saw you leave the golf links. No one knew who you were. You weren't the girl who was officially in charge of the gold prize cup.
5: No.
3: And what's more, the cup that was given to the chief referee wasn't the official prize cup.
5: No.
3: Instead, it was some some fantastic thing. A cup of pure gold. But covered with some sort of ancient writing. Well? Yes. Now, look here. I'm a radio reporter, and I've got a story here. I want to know what it is.
5: I I, I don't know the explanation myself.
3: Bottle it up and save it, sister. You murdered Jan Mason. Did I? Didn't you?
5: No one saw who shot him.
3: That's true. It's the general opinion that you did it.
5: General
3: opinion. Naturally. You weren't the girl in charge of the prize cup. The real girl and the real cup have disappeared. And you were standing in a position where you could have fired the shot.
5: Are you sure of that?
3: I'm positive, I remember. I saw you.
5: Did Did I really shoot him? What? Tell me, did I really shoot him?
3: I don't know. All I know is that you were standing directly in front of Mason. But so were six or eight others.
5: I don't know. I don't know.
3: Look here. Maybe you and I can make a deal. A
5: deal?
3: Tell me your story. Tell me what happened. Maybe I can help you.
5: I. I don't know what happened.
3: What do you mean you don't know?
5: All I know is there was a big crowd, and a golden cup, a little round white ball, a loud noise. Go on. That's all I remember. Next thing I knew, I was, I was here in my apartment, stretched out on my bed with a gun in my hand. Where is it? In that drawer over there. Yeah.
4: This one over here?
5: Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah it's been fired, a 32. Mason was killed with a 32. He's, he's dead. If he isn't, sister, he's a great little pretender.
5: It wasn't my fault. I tell you it wasn't my oh, fault. Oh,
3: but... maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't. Now take it easy and tell me what happened.
5: Why should I tell you?
3: Because you've got to tell somebody.
5: But who are you?
3: My name's Lee Saunders. The clerk told you that on the phone. I'm a radio reporter, sports and news. Now it's your turn. What? Who are you?
5: Oh, it doesn't matter.
3: let me decide that. What's your name?
5: Ruth Kendish.
3: What do you have against Jan Mason?
5: I didn't know him.
3: Hmm. You make a habit of killing men you don't know?
5: I didn't even know him. I tell you, I... I didn't
4: know him. Oh, let me alone! Now
3: stop that! No. Oh, stop it! I say. Do you want to tell me what happened, or do you want to tell me and the police?
5: They're looking for me, aren't they? The police.
3: What do you think?
5: Listen, I've told you what happened. I, I don't remember a thing except a big crowd, a cup of gold, a little white ball, and and a loud noise like a shot.
3: Yeah. And then you woke up here in your room with a gun in your hand. A gun that killed Jan Mason just a few moments after he'd won the golf championship. It
5: can't be true. It just can't be true.
3: You're in trouble, baby. You better let me try to help you.
5: What can you do?
3: I don't know until I've heard your story.
5: It must be the incense. Incense? Now,
3: what are you talking about?
5: It came this morning. In the mail. A little package. Three little cones. It was... It was addressed to me. There was a note inside. It's there in the drawer. But the gun was? Yes. Is
3: this the paper it was wrapped in?
5: Yes.
3: Is this the incense? Yes. Well, I thought you said your name is Ruth Kendish. It is. Well, this was addressed to Rotha Kendish. What? Sure. Look for yourself. There, you see?
5: Yes. Did you find the note? What note? Oh, there it is. You, you dropped it on the floor. Oh, this? Yes. Read it.
3: Martha, you will put a fire to one of these precisely at one this afternoon.
5: Yes, it was the incense. What? I tried to forget it, put it away, and tried to keep it off my mind, but exactly at one, I... I opened the little metal box and lighted one of the cones. There was a lot of smoke, sweet, scented, thick. That's all I remember. Good Lord. What are you doing?
3: Is there any more of the stuff left?
5: Two more, little cones. Here, let's
3: see. Yes, there are two left. Here, give me a match.
5: What? A match. Get me a match. Oh, oh no.
3: Oh, here. Here's one. Oh,
5: don't. Please don't. I'm going
3: to see what this nonsense is all about.
5: Oh, no. Oh, please. You don't know what you're doing. We'll we'll
3: see in a minute. There.
5: Oh, I beg you not to do that.
3: So much smoke, so quickly. I don't understand how a little thing like that can produce so much smoke. That odor. It's
5: the same. The very same.
3: So strange. Oh. Smoke. Look how it rolls in great clouds.
4: Hiding everything.
6: Stop it.
4: Stop (coughs) it. So so much smoke. Hiding everything. I can hardly see you. Like we were in another world. You are
3: in another world. What? What's that? Welcome, Rotha. And Letha. Do I where are you? I am here beside you. You see? Yes. And now I do. The smoke's clearing away.
5: What happened? What happened? Don't
3: you recognize me, Rotha?
5: My name's Ruth. I've never seen you before. Ah.
3: Uh-huh. That is where you are wrong. You have seen me before.
5: No. No, I don't know you.
3: You mean you don't recognize me. Who are you? My name is Mota. Mota. Yes, Rafa. I am the Holy One.
5: I don't understand.
3: What's happened to us? We were in this young lady's apartment. Now we're someplace I've never seen before. Where are we? You are on Vento. Vento? What's Vento? Vento is an offspring... Of Venus and Pluto what it is a planet as yet undiscovered by the scientists of the earth many hundreds of thousands of years ago Venus and Pluto collided that probably would sound absurd to your astrologers today but it is a fact as a result of the collision Bento came into being a portion of Venus And a part of Pluto fused, broke off, and became Vento. You're talking over my head. Naturally, the people who existed on Pluto and those of Venus intermingled with Vento. Became a planet in its own right. As a result of that ancient catastrophe, the Ventonians came into existence. I am one of them. And the two of you... ...are now here amongst us.
5: But how? How did we get here? You
3: remember the incense?
5: Oh,
6: yes.
3: The incense? It is one of Vento's secrets. A tiny cone that emits a vapor... ...powerful enough to permit anyone in contact with it... ...to do as we here on Vento bid him to do. It still got me goofy. After I started the incense burning, everything changed. We ended up here. Naturally. Because when you came in contact... With the release vapors, I bade both of you to come here. And here you are. Oh, now, what do you take us for? This is the 20th century. Folks like us aren't taken in by some crack. Potip. Just one moment. Here. Will you look through this? Through what? This telescope. Here. Right through here. Oh, now, it will not hurt you to look, will it? If you insist. That's right. In there. Now. What do you see? A large, round globe. It is the Earth. Ten million miles from here. Preposterous. You think so? Here. I'll turn on the ultra-penetrating ray machine and show you how preposterous it is. Now. What do you see? Closer. It's coming closer. Yes, something's happening. The ultra-penetrating ray is making 10 million miles of distance look like only inches. It is the Earth.
4: There's Europe. Great Britain. China and Australia. Now I can see the California coast.
3: And Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Illinois, Florida, Pennsylvania, New York. Suppose we concentrate upon Florida. There. No. No. It's not possible. What do you see, Mister Saunders? A funeral. The funeral of Jan Mason McGover.
5: Oh no!
3: Suppose you permit Rotha to look, Mister Saunders. Yes. Yes. All right. Go right ahead, Rotha. That's right. There. You still do not remember, Rotha?
5: Why do you call me Rotha?
3: Because that. Is your name. My name is Ruth. When you were here, you were called Rotha.
5: When... When I was here...
3: Many centuries ago, Rother. You were originally a Bentonian. What are you talking about? We have theories of reincarnation, as you do on your Earth.
5: Yes, I... I've heard about it vaguely, but...
3: The one failing is that your theories do not go far enough.
5: What do you mean... Well,
3: That there is such a thing as reincarnation, Mr. Saunders. But it is not restricted to one single planet, such as the Earth. You surely aren't trying to tell us that Miss Kendish here is the reincarnation of someone who lived up here. Whether or not you accept it, it remains a fact. Oh, that's utterly ridiculous. I'm glad I had the foresight to think of your reluctance to believe. So I have prepared the truth. Prepared
5: what? What are you talking about? What's the explanation of all
3: this? Must I explain it again? The vapor of the incense I sent you. Once it surrounds you, you are at the mercy of the Ventonian who sent it. You on your planet would call it black magic. But it is merely nothing more than applied science. What's this, this proof you were talking about? I will extinguish the lights and show you. Here on Bento, all time, all incidents are recorded. I shan't attempt to explain them completely. Suffice it to say, the principle is somewhat similar to that of your talking pictures. Only on a much more advanced and widespread scale. Anything that has ever happened here on Bento since the invention of this recorder can be reviewed by those who wish to see it. That's why there is no crime, no evil here. Now, I turn on the machine. I must ask you to be silent. Do not speak.
5: Mr. Sanders, look.
3: Quiet. That's me. Quiet, I say. It is you, but not in your present body. It is you of centuries ago.
6: Watch closely now. And listen. Come in. Darling.
5: Tenth, dearest.
6: Forgive me for coming to you so late, but I had to see you before tomorrow.
5: Oh, I'm glad you're here, dearest. I've waited for you all day. I've been at practice. Are you ready for the game tomorrow?
6: Yes. Quite. I fear I'll have trouble defeating Yanov. He's become quite expert.
5: No, do you care so much,
6: Lothar, If I should lose tomorrow, oh, but we mustn't think of such a thing. Victory means everything to both of us.
5: Now it's too late Unless there's a miracle If Jana misses two strokes Oh, but he can't And Even if he did, it would be a draw If he takes but one stroke My poor Kanta will be defeated Jana is ready now If he does it in a single stroke Kanta has lost Now He did it Jana did it my poor, poor Kenta.
6: Kenta. My dearest one. I come to you, but without a cup of gold.
5: Oh, no, does it matter so much? Yes,
6: yes, much. I promised that you should have a cup.
5: But I don't mind.
6: I should have won.
5: We still have each other, Kenta. We will be
6: married. No. No, rather. For yesterday, I swore by the great god Venda that should I not be victorious, I wouldn't be worthy of you.
5: You swore by Venda?
6: Yes, yes. A sacred oath. I was so eager for victory, I knew that the very thought of losing you forever would inspire me to win. But...
5: I failed. An oath sworn to Vendor is a holy oath. I must resign myself to it. But now, now I swear by the great God of Vendor, a holy and a sacred oath, that I will avenge what has happened. I will take vengeance from Yana if all eternity is required for me to do it.
6: I believe
3: that is all the proof you need. Ruth, did you know Truman Davis?
5: Truman Davis?
3: Truman Davis, the national golf champion. The one who was beaten by Jan Mason.
5: No. No, I didn't know either of them.
3: You think not, Rotha? Don't you recognize the man called Jan Mason? He is the reincarnation of the man, Yana,
6: who defeated Kenta in the games many years ago.
5: Well, it all seems so familiar, and yet I... I'm so
3: upset You swore a terrible oath centuries ago An oath to work vengeance
6: upon Yana In your span of life here on Vento You did not find the opportunity to avenge yourself And so as one of the high priests of Vento It was my duty to bring to a climax Your ancient oath
3: You sent that devilish incense to her you prompted her to go out there and kill Jan Mason. Give her that golden cup. It is the cup Kenta lost to Yana centuries ago. It amazes and confuses the Earth people greatly. You're responsible for all that happened. Hypnotize this girl. Now what? Now she'll return to the Earth and accept her punishment. Oh, No.
5: No, that's not right. It is
3: not for you to say. It's for me to say.
6: this. Quick,
3: there's no time to lose. Well,
6: no escape from here.
3: The incense, I still have it here. There's one cone left, just one. Well,
5: what can you do? Have you heard
3: what he said? Anyone here on this planet can use it. Oh, confounders haven't I got a match? Yeah, here's one.
5: Now, please. Careful,
3: it's my last match. There, it's burning. Now turn on that ray machine. You can do what? Turn it on, turn it on. Oh, no,
5: All right. What are you going to do? Look
3: into the telescope. Watch. Tell me what happens. All right. I'm holding the burning incense in front of the telescope lens. Oh, I'm hoping.
5: Lee, it's still focused on funeral. But something's happened. Yes? The coffin is gone. It's opened. Someone's sitting up in it.
3: Is it Jan Mason?
5: Yes. Yes, it
3: is. Good. Just a mere thought did it. The penetrating ray sent the incense vapor directly to Earth, to the man in the casket, Mason. And I concentrated on his coming to life again.
5: He
6: is.
3: Alive. Oh. Lee. Oh, our friend's coming too. What do we do? Here, give me your hand. What? Give me your hand. Come on. Hurry, hurry. Lee,
5: that smoke.
3: Hurry. There's no time to lose.
5: How are we going to get away from here?
3: Simple. You saw what a mere thought did for Jan Mason. Hold tight now. Here we go. The Cup of Gold, tonight's original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop. Ben Morris was Lee Saunders, Eleanor Naylor-Corin played Ruth, Muir Height was the High Priest, and George Anday was Ketta. Next Friday, the 26th in this dark fantasy series created by Scott Bishop. Coffins for two. The weird and pulse-pounding tale of two boxes roughly hewed into the shape of caskets. Bearing three silver handles on each side and silver name plates, on which were engraved the names of two living people. This is Tom Paxton speaking.
0: That was the Cup of Gold from Dark Fantasy. Here in the mysterious old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim, and I'm Joshua. That was Tim's pick. Um, the next sound you're going to hear is the sound of my head banging against this microphone. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Dark fantasy did it again. Oh, you're going. You're going. You're oh, that's not bad. That's where are you going? What are you doing? What is happening? I've been holding this back for about two hours we've been together tonight, right? It feels I longer. God, I hate this show. <laughs> and Bishop, you're terrible. Again, just like every other dark fantasy, it goes for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and then like, it
2: takes the gorilla flying the plane
0: Right. Fist. Yes. It just, what are you doing? But it starts so good. It starts it, so good. This may be one of
2: the best first halves of a dark fantasy yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> And what I realized listening to this is that every single episode of Dark Fantasy is the episode in which Dark Fantasy jumps the shark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does Bishop have some kind of uh, attention disorder? Like he can't focus? Like, Here's another thought in my head. I was trying to piece it together. Does he reverse engineer these? Of like
1: starting out that, you know, I want to write a story about a world that has reincarnation but you can reincarnate on earth and it's going to be a revenge story so I just need to sort of figure out something to set that up but still that doesn't explain like so it's revenge over a game that was lost and it's a game of space golf (laughs) and keep in mind exactly like golf Keep in mind, the
2: revenge is not because this guy cheated. No. She has vowed eternal revenge against the man who is merely a little bit better at (laughs) space golf than her
0: boyfriend. (laughs) That's
2: what killed me. So on
0: another planet... A long time ago they were playing golf. Yeah, yeah, oh sure. That golly, that game's been around a long time, it's man. It's been boring
1: people for <laughs> thousands of years. But
0: oh my, don't you
1: want to hear the series about the crime busting sports reporter? Yes. yes. It's no, a even,
2: fantastic opening. Even the better. newscaster opening is yes. out of this world. Yes. And I was hooked. Yeah. There's a strange but you knew,
1: you knew, Dark is going to stab you in the back.
2: I honestly was thinking, this is the one. This is why Tim chose it. Damn you,
6: Tim!
0: <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It was going along, I said, oh, now I know why he went back to Dark Fantasy. He found one that works. And oh, no, no, the incense comes, and then they're on another planet. I will uh, say this, the
2: incense is a great bit of mystery. So she can't remember what happened. And then she got a package with three cones of incense. Yeah. This is going to get a little weird, but I'm on board. I'm, yep. I'm intrigued. This is really original. And then they're on another planet. Uh, that's and exactly what I thought. We're on another
1: world. Yes, you are. Dirt.
0: <laughs> I want to point out that here on Earth, <laughs> we have named those planets Pluto and Venus. And amazingly, <laughs> So did they. We accidentally picked the same names that they chose for their planets. With what I'm assuming is a completely different language. And then the planets collide. Sure. The they, two
2: races get mushed
0: together. And, and then they go <laughs> back into their orbit just fine. Yeah. And they make yeah. another planet, which they very cleverly call Vento. Because it's like Venus and yeah, Oh, yeah, I know. I get it. Instead of calling it Plutus. <laughs> so <laughs> much You're a Plunus. I now have two words I'm putting into my vocabulary: Plunus and Ventonians, which is my new improv group name. The only explanation for the colliding planets and nothing going really horribly wrong in our uh, solar system, <laughs> was this: things that your astronomers couldn't understand.
2: Clearly, yes. Clearly. <laughs> but do, does he say astronomer? It sounded like he said astrologers. He did say astrologers, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So even astrologers, even the most crackpot people on your planet would say, that's absurd. <laughs>
0: How does that work? And we just lost all of our astrologer <laughs> listeners. I, I don't know where to begin. Do we just go down the line and go wrong, wrong, wrong?
2: I will say this about it. No, oh. It never, at any moment, is dull. I listened to it three times.
0: <laughs> it is how cool. did you do that? What? I listened
2: to it over and over again. <laughs> It is incredibly bad in a way that is just exciting.
1: <laughs> I will say, f- some of the story of how I came to bring this episode to you, I was cherry picking, like, what is the most dark fantasyist dark fantasy episode that we haven't already listened to? Mm-hmm. And so I, I listened to some, like, oh, that's quite good, actually. Uh, and I'll bring that sometime later. But that's not what I wanted this time. I wanted the really wacko one. So mm-hmm. I have cherry-picked. This is the one that satisfied that itch for me.
0: Game of Space Golf. And again, <laughs> it's so all over the place as to what the motivations are for everything. Like, I just don't understand. And poor Kenta. Any of it. He's doomed to be reincarnated
2: through all of eternity as some guy who's just almost good enough to win a golf championship.
0: <laughs> Why did he take a sacred oath if he loses? He took a sacred oath if he loses, he can't have his wife. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Why? Because the
1: plot. Space golf because, is everything. Because the plot.
2: It's one of those great pieces of really rickety old science fiction, yet it, there's something highly entertaining about it, is they just have whatever they need at any given moment for I the mean, plot. It's like,
1: here's our ultra
2: penetrator, or whatever they call it. To the be ray. fair,
1: the why is akin to, why is such a bad thing that Oedipus kills his father and sleeps his mother? No, I phrased that wrong. It's it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. You're very, but, very open-minded, okay, I appreciate is, that about you. Why is that a prophecy you have to be worried about?
0: Right. Yeah. So, so space she, golf. she brings <laughs> right. She is brought so back good, to this guy on this yeah. planet who then reveals very slowly <laughs> what the hell is going on. So slowly that he mentions every single state yeah. <laughs> through the telescope. But anyway, he brings her back, and then he says, okay, so you don't know this, but you've been reincarnated, and now you've fulfilled this prophecy that you have gotten revenge for the space golf game that took place. And but now, now you must face human now justice. Now you've <laughs> got to go back to Earth and be punished. Why? What the hell is the point? Why did you do that to me? And why did you take a half an hour to tell me, and why didn't you just leave me there? <laughs> Why, 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 why? I am so mad. But well, You're I not even getting
1: to the cherry on top. No. Oh,
2: <laughs> that's the best part is the end.
0: What happened?
2: They what jumped the- onto incense fumes <laughs> and went back to Earth and said, here we go. I did. After,
1: After erasing could- the dead. So that she could be punished? No, she won't be punished because he's not dead They brought him back to life Oh,
0: It's a
2: it's a happy ending well,
0: Don't I, say it to me like, duh, how yeah, did you not follow the idiot. plot line oh, no, Scott Bishop didn't follow this But that's such a
2: ridiculous image that they paint with the not ultra a real name. penetrating ray That shows him <laughs> sitting up in his coffin at his funeral in Florida
6: <laughs>
2: Which is
1: where all that stuff happens all the Golfing <laughs> I assumed he just he began to eat the survivors in the in the funeral there.
0: Yeah, as he looks through the telescope, you know, there's California, there's Arizona, there's Nevada, there's Oregon, there's Montana, Utah, Missouri, Louisiana. Oh my God! The Ventonians
2: invented everything that was crucial to Scott Bishop's plot. <laughs> <Did you know?
0: laughs>
2: Universal reincarnation, uh, worldwide surveillance, and that is why there is no crime or evil or privacy or freedom <laughs> on Vendo. <laughs> incense that allows you to control whoever is in contact with the incense. And, of course, golf. <laughs> Together,
0: it's admirable. so good. It Just is. A- Again, we were on to something. That, Name God, an episode God. of Dark Fantasy, and we'll talk about how the first 10 minutes are phenomenal. I <laughs> thought, you, this woman is- not knowing what happened and that she killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Just
2: A step back to the announcer. The actor does mm-hmm. a fabulous job. Yeah. The script is great. You're mm-hmm. hooked. And then that little bit of, why are they looking at that cup? And mm-hmm. you're distracted by what's going on with the cup. And then you hear gunshots. Mm-hmm. And you're just
0: right. totally... Yeah
2: engaged in the mm-hmm. story and they do this nice flip from a announcer who's talking directly to you. It's mm-hmm. a one-sided conversation and then they flip to the one-sided phone conversation with her and just structurally you're like, maybe there's something really interesting going on.
0: There nope. was. <laughs> it's going to go away real soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Bishop just got bored. Like, ah, uh, let's go to another planet somehow. I don't
2: know that he got bored. Here's the thing that I think is fascinating about Scott Bishop is that he has the hardest part of writing down the ideas. The guy has too many ideas. Like, he is just nothing but ideas. Right. Like, the stuff you have to go away and work on, he never did. Craft, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, structure. Right. I, um, and so, a lot of people would love to have as many ideas as he has. Like, think, there are six different potential full time uh, radio episodes right. in each dark fantasy.
0: Right. We said that every time. Like, there's six really good plots here in this 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> having listened to many more of these episodes now, except for space golf, not a good idea. <laughs> it sounds like a Devo song.
2: <laughs> space golf. We were killed by space golf. Reincarnated. Space golf.
1: Don't don't. <laughs> having listened to many of these episodes, there is a quality that I think he values and is trying to perfect. Mm-hmm. this daydream drifting uh, dream logic. Yes. Which becomes nonsense most of the time. Mm-hmm. I found a couple episodes where like, that works. It's a little bit of wandering around and a little mm-hmm. bit of... I don't know what you're doing, what's happening. But in the end, it comes together into something satisfying. That worked once that I heard. And I'll bring that sometime. But I didn't want that this time. I wanted this nonsense. Because
2: this is admirably crazy. I've listened to quite a few in search of those one or two. And I have one that I think works, too. But it's not as fun, honestly. It nearly works. (laughs) Yes. This is just, you have to listen to it again just to make sure what you heard actually (laughs) is what you heard. Right? This wasn't all about golf.
0: I did that with some dark fantasies for a while, and then on this one, I went, Nope, screw you. I'm not doing it. You're not (laughs) making me listen. Bishop, I must have missed the transition. There wasn't one. Nope. Here's the thing that really bugs me if you go online, there is a lot of accolade for dark fantasy. This is one example. And again, yes, Tim, I did research. In the golden age of radio, dark fantasy was the breath of fresh air that revived interest in the horror genre. Bishop managed to merge the supernatural with science fiction and injected it with a twist of old-fashioned folklore. As old sh- radio shows went, dark fantasy was way ahead of its time. Am, am I, was I crazy? One of the things that
1: was being pointed out was that dark fantasy often gets omitted from a lot of old radio collections of, like, here's everything that's going on with old radio. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. its fans might be overstating, like, this is forgotten, this is overlooked. Mm-hmm. And it is also like nothing else.
2: That's, that's true. not necessarily a good thing, but it, you know, it's like nothing <laughs> else just, in that it has no logic or a sense of cause and effect, like really I basic narrative things that don't exist right. in their world. I think people I've interacted with who like dark fantasy is for that Dream like quality that's very compelling, and it usually happens in the first 10 to 15 minutes. And it starts with that great opening Dark Fantasy. It's and it one that, of the, and that music I'll say it again
0: it, one of the best openings in all time yeah. radio.
2: I think if Scott Bishop had been willing to follow that dreamlike logic and not necessarily wrap everything up logically, if he'd it's just like gone the- ahead and went, been like, I'm going to be the David Lynch of old time radio, even though I don't know who David Lynch is yet, <laughs> you <laughs> know, and like not felt the need, it's always when he's like, now I'm going to make sense of everything in the second 15 minutes.
1: It's exactly like you start watching TV and you're watching a show and like, this is pretty good and then you fall asleep halfway through and your brain, your subconscious,
0: Takes little bits of that TV show and does something crazy with it, right? So, every single day of my life, because that's how I watch TV.
2: I think he wrote everything one draft in chronological order and started drinking at page one <laughs> 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 and just was tanked by the end. Hallucinating, here Lighting. we go. <laughs>
0: I just don't understand how you're, anybody could be a fan of the show. I And I'm so sorry. I cannot follow anything logical about you listening to these shows and going, ah, oh, that was really satisfying. Satisfying Didn't doesn't always mean good.
2: Hmm. Sometimes it satisfies a bad itch.
1: <laughs> An itch you shouldn't have. There are times when the food I want more than anything in the world is beefaroni. <laughs> God, I like beefaroni.
2: This is the beefaroni of old time radio. I'll agree with you there.
0: I like Hamburger Helper a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's good. I'd rather talk about Hamburger Helper <laughs> than Dark Fantasy. new podcast. Can yeah. we vote? Yes. This is a meandering, unfocused, and rushed piece of crap written like how a child tells stories. Next. <laughs> I'm so mad at it.
2: I'm not mad at it. because I don't know how to feel about it because it is objectively bad. It makes no sense, but the ideas, the willingness to just write this crap and put it on the radio. I guess. So you're giving him credit for being great All brave. I'm saying is what he lacks in like technical writing skills, <laughs> he makes up for in big ideas. On the flip side, yeah. if you feel no obligation to logic... Or cause and effect. (laughs) It's arguably easy to surprise people with ideas, I guess. I don't know. Um, It does not stand the test of time. It's objectively terrible, but highly, highly, highly entertaining from my point of view.
1: Yeah, I'm in that same boat of this uh, does not stand the test of time. It is as nonsensical now as it was then. It's not even really of historical significance, but it is just so novel and weirdly compelling. Mm. And it is a a challenge to try to figure it out. They're always a challenge. Not like the plot is difficult. It's just,
0: what? Why? Do you remember (laughs) trying to figure out the plot of It Came From the Sea? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just befuddled. Like, what is going on? This is way better than It Came From the Sea. It's more clear than that. I this mean, is,
2: better as in the bad been, ideas are more original. The bad ideas. <laughs> like, they're shocking and surprising. Like, where did that come from? The-
0: Space golf and incense. Yeah. Come right? On. <laughs> I will say this, and I mean this, to give some kind of kudos, some of the best first 10 minutes of all time radio I've ever heard. And it happened in The Thing from the Sea. It happened in Spawn of the Subhuman. Spawn of the Subhuman. It even kind of happened in W's for Werewolf. You're on board to the point of this is so great. Where are we going and then the the trapdoor gives
2: I feel like there's some dark fantasy plot here that explains his script writing process like he has a Half developed evil twin That pops out of his shirt And finishes each script
6: <laughs> That's
2: what it feels with his like right little tiny hands
0: He gets ten minutes in and hands it over to yeah. somebody else
2: Some other bizarre his creature His kid
0: yeah. We talked about this before with his writing That when a child tells stories between the ages of like four and six yeah. The meandering yeah.
2: And then there's reincarnation And then there's a penetration ray And then we need to talk to the counselor <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh and I know all 50 states let me read them I'm going to say all 50 states. Okay. Uh, Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit <laughs> ghoulishlights.com. If you had a good time here,
1: <laughs> you probably have very low standards. You're our kind of listener. <laughs> Yay. At <laughs> uh, ghoulishlights.com, you'll find other episodes of this podcast. You can leave comments. You can vote on what you thought. You can let us know in general, are you a dark fantasy supporter and a defender, or are you going to say something You know, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) Because I'm not. Uh, You can also, if you have episodes you'd like us to listen to, that's a great way to get a hold of us and let us know what your requests are. You can also go to patreon.com
2: slash themorals and support this podcast. We really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody who has contributed to the podcast, become a Patreon member and we love each And every one of you within reason Nothing creepy, (laughs) don't worry (laughs) And uh, you can also go to iTunes And write a review, thank you so much for everyone
0: Who has already written a review, write more reviews Thank you If you'd like to see us performing live We do recreations of golden age Classic radio shows And we also do original scripts uh, as a theatrical company. Um, So you can come see us perform live radio shows by going to MysteriousOldRadioListeningSociety.com. And there's uh, links to our schedule Uh, right now. Here in 2020, we are performing regularly uh, at the Park Square Theater in St. Paul. What is coming up next?
2: Uh, next, we have our postponed Valentine's Day episode, uh, and that will be featuring uh, my lovely wife, Adrian, and we will be listening to an episode I picked just for her, "The Cave of Alibaba" from Suspense. Until then, Look out! Space go. <laughs> we were kill by Space go.
6: Reincarnated. Space go.